Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. is in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 2. There is a solution on the, uh, near the top of page 19. Not really the top. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 19, which begins with, if we keep on the way we are going and ends with that which has been so freely given us. Today's readers are Adrian N., Naomi G.B., Lisa B., Judith S.P., and Loretta H., the share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, August 1st, 2022 are 19,241 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 19241, and 19,242 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 19242. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Adrian N. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Adrian N. in Florida. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
2010 continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Adrian and from Florida. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the OA 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. I'm Naomi GB, gratefully recovered in Ontario, Canada, compulsive overeater. 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. <clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement from OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And thank you for the Well, you got it cut off there at the end. Thank you, Naomi GB from Ontario. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Wait a minute. I my volume down by mistake. Wait one sec. Okay. Um, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 19, if we keep on the way we are going through that which has been so freely given us. I will now ask Lisa B. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? Wow, you know, it's so interesting when Rebecca was reading this morning, our primary purpose is to carry the message. You know, that's really what I'm getting. And that just jumped out for me when I heard her say that. So when I get recovered, you know, I don't stop there. My job is to to fit myself through the process of these 12 steps, which is really about becoming less of me and more like my creator and, and being a vessel, trying to be a vessel and trying to carry this message. And, you know, it says here that much, not much good, little good will result if I keep on the way I'm going. So what is the way I've been going? Well, it's like Lisa is in charge, large is in charge, you know, and running the show, little good is going to come from that. And we heard yesterday on the meeting all about the experiences people share of, you know, seeing with new eyes what it's like to be on the receiving end of me as an untreated compulsive overeater. Well, something wonderful has happened through a very specific process of recovery laid out in this book. And that's really what we're going to learn here. We're going to learn how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us. And there is very a very specific thing we want to present. You know, we're not just kind of going on, well, you know, it'll get better. It'll get better. Just keep coming back. You know, that's not what we're presenting. We're going to learn the specific roadmap of the steps that we take and the transformation that happens through sharing our own experience. And I love it says, you know, we live in large cities. We're overcome. We really can be truly overcome by the suffering that goes on around us. And I just wanted to share the suffering doesn't happen just in overweight people. You know, we can be very thin and suffering. This disease comes in all, all shapes and sizes, and it can be a very private affair. But when we go under the direction of our higher power, um, and for me, the Holy Spirit that can guide me, you know, I can, I can be led to people, places in my community and, and try and share a message. My job is to present this, you know, as best I can, not to just keep it a secret. You know, I don't get well and then I, I keep it all to myself. And many could recover if they have the opportunity we've enjoyed. We've enjoyed this because we hear a very clear message of recovery, a message of depth and weight, you know. So that, that's what I felt led to share. And thank you for everyone's service. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. from South Carolina. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. 
So if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page 19, if we keep on the way we are going through that which has been so freely given us, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Larry G. G. And I heard Larry, but who else was in there? Julie E.B. Julie E.B. E.B. Shannon Sage. Victoria L. Muncy, Indiana. As Shanna C., did I get that right? I have Katie G., Julie E.B., Larry K., Joanne M., Shanna C., Victoria L., and I think we'll stop there. Katie G., go right ahead. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. Katie G., Recovered. Excuse me, I'm not recovered. I'm just going to say I'm KDG. I'm an anorexic bulimic and a compulsive eater. You know, I think about what is the opportunity that we have enjoyed? How shall we present what has been freely given to me? You know, when I first came into the rooms, I really thought all of this was about body weight. I was obsessed with body weight, and I had been food abstinent for many years. Um, and yet I have continued in obsession around body weight. And, um, and for a long time, I thought I could diagnose people by looking at them. And I want to bring us to page 44, where it says, if when, you want us, if when I honestly want to, I, cannot, I find I cannot quit entirely, or if while exercising I have no control over the amount I take, I am probably a compulsive eater. You know, um, this message that is carried must have depth and weight. And um, we've been talking a lot about that, like what is the approach? And I want to talk about the oblivion that can happen, you know, in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous when I, when I use um, these uh, compulsive food behaviors. You know, I was exercising to the point where I didn't care about my family. Like they had an oblivion mom. And what is oblivion? It's when I I blow my head out. Like I just don't have to think about anything. And you know what the amazing thing is? When I talk like this, um, other people are attracted to this because I have hope today. Like I have not exercised compulsively in in a couple months. and, um, And I love my kids. And I'm becoming the woman that God wants me to be. And I just... I want to share, I was at a graveside with my husband's family and this woman had her Apple watch on and I said, oh, I had to turn that off. I mean, guys, I was like, what number? Like I had to go for a walk at, at eight o'clock at night if I didn't get my steps and my calories in, right? And um, I just said to her, I had to turn that off. And she said, my daughter is crazy with hers. And I said, you know, I have, I have an eating disorder and I'm in recovery. And she said, oh my gosh, my daughter is so sick. And I said, I have to tell you, there's hope. There's hope for all of us. And so my favorite line, one of the many, is how can I fit myself to be of maximum service, right? It's not about carrying a torch and looking for the people that have this disease. It's about being a torch and being a light of God's love. 
God's power, God's way of life, and demonstrating that because then God like takes away all of my selfishness and puts me right in the place where I need to serve, right? I need to fit myself to be of maximum service. And to me, that is how I present the message. It's, it's about just sharing what works for me. Right, and, and, and what works for me is this program of action, entire abstinence, and these beautiful 12 steps that put my hand in God's. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. from Massachusetts. Julie E.D. Hi, this is Julie E.D., uh, gratefully recovered in Colorado Springs. Yeah, there's so much ahead. You know, I love what we've been talking about this week, that there's just a beginning. Um, Sometimes it can be discouraging. Sometimes in the beginning, when one is first recovered, there's just kind of an excitement or a thrill. And yet what this is talking about is that things are just beginning and there's a long road ahead and there's an overwhelming amount of suffering. And, you know, um, every day I get a chance to look at the suffering that I've caused in my life and also the suffering I caused to myself. You know, um, I was I was praying once, reflecting, and just, you know, wrote down um, this thing I put on one of my reminders today, which is, you know, um, I'm the cause of my own misery. God has given me other people, other people in my life to appreciate Um, as long as I don't look to them for what I need, I'm the problem and God loves me anyway. And that's kind of the um, way that I deal with what comes up in my life. As my young adult, was so nice to hear a young voice. My young adults grew up with a mom who was very, very sick and they're having to reconcile that in their lives, um, the pain that I caused them. And, And... and one of my children said, how can you now be okay? I'm not okay, you know, and um, that's a lot of suffering. And then there's the suffering in the food, out of the food. I'm a compulsive under, overeater. I've had every shape and size of this disease. And um, today I am free. Today I, I came to the point where there was no middle-of-the-road solution. Uh, bottom on page 25, I could either, you know, continue on as best I could, blotting out the consciousness of my intolerable situation. I don't know what your intolerable situation is today. For me, it was my nerves just being on the outside of my body, life just seeming to happen to me. Um, uh, You know, my powerlessness and unmanageability, which today are some of my greatest gifts because they bring me to needing more, more from God and seeing what God has brought me in my life uh, through other people. Um, So we seek spiritual help. And that saying I need help is the first step for me. Uh, Step zero, step minus one, whatever you want to call it. I need help. I can't do it alone. Thanks for doing it with me, and I pass. Thank you to Julie E.B. from Colorado Springs. Larry Kay. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Larry Kay, recovered from Chicago. It tells me here that, you know, among other things, the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched 
no one is saying that if someone is a compulsive reader and they're very heavy or, or a compulsive reader and they're, they're very thin, they're of the anorexic bulimic type, but nonetheless a binge eater, that you're a morally bad person, that it's your fault, that you're to blame. No one's saying that at all. At the same time, I acknowledge that I, this is Overeaters Anonymous, and with the help, if I'm brought into alignment with the higher power, through the, the implementation of these steps, that my life begins to change. And one of the changes is that I no longer want to binge eat. I no longer want to engage in those anorexic bulimic behaviors. And people are dropping like flies from this disease. And what's striking to me is that, you know, we live in a world with more knowledge about nutrition and health and physiology than, it, than it, at any time in, in history. You know, but the, the data is, is quite clear that, you know, diet programs don't work. Not only for, you know, they don't work for people like us, it doesn't work for the majority of people. In the diet industry, it's like a $50 billion or more, uh, you know, marketing machine. And at most, its success rate is 5%, at most, probably not even that high. And that means that, you know, 95% of people, including people like us, they don't lose weight or, you know, um, or they, you know, they, they, they gain it back. So there's this perpetuated myth that if people work hard, you know, and follow their diet program, that they'll lose weight. And it's simply not true. It's a big lie. See, we have a spiritual program of action. And if one takes the, the actions prescribed in the book, this, this disease can be arrested in its tracks. And the question this paragraph asks me is, how sh shall we then present this? Well, I'm have, I have to illuminate the problem in step one, the solution to the problem in step two, and how I'm going to manifest that solution. In other words, how is that going to be brought to light in step three? And that's the springboard for the transformation that occurs in four through nine, the action steps that will result in a spiritual transformation. And then I get 10, 11, and 12 for a lifetime to stay on the beam. You know, our experience in the action steps, what happens to us? This is what we give away, is alignment with, with a higher power. I'm grateful for that. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Larry Kay in Chicago. Uh, I'm just going to let you, those of you who got on the meeting late know what we read, which is the second paragraph on page 19, if we keep on the way we are going through that which has been so freely given us. Joanne M. Hey, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Joanne M. and I can answer and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Falun, in Sweden. Thank you so much for service today and all the great shares and what a beautiful paragraph as well. Uh, I came to I came to OA three and a half years ago, and I didn't get abstinent right away. Uh, <laughs> I came back three years ago, and then uh, I was introduced to vision and I start coming here every day start listening in every day also I took a sponsor I worked through the steps quickly I had a spiritual awakening I started sponsoring straight after and you know on that road I am today living in step 10 11 and 12 uh, 
two years ago, we uh, started, uh, we took the concept from Vision and we started Swedish Vision meetings. And now we have four, four Vision for You meetings a week in Sweden, which is just amazing. And I think this paragraph reminds me that, you know, I love this meeting. I love, you know, being here with all you guys. But I also need to work in my community. I need to work locally. I need to, you know, be where I am, you know, needed. And there's just been a revolution in a few years in Sweden where today there is no question. Uh, people in Norway use Big Book to recover. There's no question of another method or, or anything, which is just an, an amazing miracle. And, you know, when I came in three and a half years ago, it wasn't like that. So, you know, the message is in Big Book and it's strong, it's powerful, it's healthy, and, you know, it works. When I came in just this few years ago, there was no sponsors. Now there is sponsors everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to find, to find sponsors because there are so many sponsors uh, uh, here, which is just amazing. So, you know, uh, these meetings, A Vision for You, has had great impact on me. But, you know, they have great impact all over the world, which is just an amazing miracle. And it's just so simple. It's big book. It's recovery, recover, help others, you know, <laughs> and live happy, joyous, and free. So I'm really, really grateful that I am a compulsive overeater because otherwise I wouldn't, you know, be here with you guys in OA, in a vision for you. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be able to, you know, have a meaning in life, you know, helping others, living this glorious life. And it's all, you know, thanks to this disease, thanks to this disease. I'm I'm very happy and very grateful today that I'm not normal, that I am a compulsive overeater, and that I am recovered. Just for today, just for today, 24 hours. So, for that I pause. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, John N. from Sweden. Shanna C. Good morning. This is Shanna C. from Tennessee, grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thanks, everybody, for your shares, and thanks for leading the meeting. And um, the first thing that popped into my head was my experience I had when I was speaking with my sponsor. We were going through, I'd gotten to, to where I was in 10, 11, and 12. But this was after I had been beaten into a state of reasonableness by the food, um, realized I absolutely could not. I had no power, and, and, and it was, there was going to have to be a power greater than me that was going to have to remove this from me or I was going to continue to suffer eating and, and being the way that I was. I mean, I, that was me fully conceding to my innermost self that I had absolutely no power over this, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how much I prayed, no matter what, something had to happen to me for me to be able to, to actually be, be even willing to stick with a food plan, much less stick with it for as long as I had. And that's just the beginning of it. And, um, you know, and having gone through the rest of the steps and, and then in 10, 11, and 12, I, I started getting this fear on me, like, oh, my God, I've lost this weight. And, oh, my God, I can't, I've never been at a normal weight before. I've never not had to freaking toil and kill myself to be where I, I just, like, this has been done for me. Like, how do I keep it? My sponsor's like, you got to carry the message. It's that simple. And I'm like, but what, you know, of course, the thoughts in my head, well, what does that look like, you know? Um, uh, what if I'm not good enough? What if the what if they say that I'm not abstinent? What if my food plan is not good enough for this or that one? 
you know, what if, what if, what if? And it's like, that's, that's crap in your head. You've had a spiritual experience, you know, um, you go carry the message and whatever that ends up looking like. And so for me, what that looks like is actually being in 10, 11 and 12, being, uh, staying close to God, you know, um, am I perfect? Absolutely not. That's why I got to stay close to God. Do I have power of myself? Absolutely not. That's why there's 10, 11 and 12, you know, prayer and meditation, um, on any given day, you know, staying close to God, asking God, how can I best serve him? You know, and I used to think that, that carrying the message was only sponsorship and that's the only thing that mattered. Yeah, sponsorship is absolutely important. What it, what it is is a heart condition and being unblocked from God to whatever comes up, whatever areas of service God would have me be, at or do, whatever role I'm playing in that moment, that's carrying the message. I've had people come to me and want what I have, and I never said a word to them about recovery. Um, I've had my own life, there are people that were recovered compulsive overeaters that never necessarily sponsored me, but I saw something was working at different depth of whatever was working for them, and I found out that they were in food recovery, and that was just a lot post along the way. I get to be that, however God wants to use me. Right, and so in, in in staying in step ten and keeping that channel clean, but having also that willingness to be of service wherever God would have me, and staying close to God in eleven, those interwoven steps there fits me to be of mm-hmm. maximum service. I'm not having to manage and control and and do all the thing, you know, um, wear myself out. But anyway, I'm grateful to be here. Grateful that this really does work, and it's a miracle for my life. That's all I can say, day to time. Thanks. Thank you, Shanna C. Victoria L. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Victoria L., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I live in Muncie, Indiana. Thank you, moderator. I really want to thank the speaker. She was just so on point with her share. And um, so what is the purpose of the big book? The purpose of the big book is to carry the message, a message that has depth and weight, to show other people precisely how we have recovered. You know, I've been in recovery for a really long time, and um, but I really suffer in Overeaters Anonymous. And um, I've gone through a lot of relapses. And when you're in a vulnerable state and you're in relapse, you're, you're looking for whatever lifeline is gonna help pull you out of that relapse. That's gonna pull you from the depths of drowning. And I have to say that with that comes a red flag because my experience in the last couple of months has been an abuse culture of Overeaters Anonymous that is absolutely unacceptable. In the big book, the big book carries the message that has depth and weight. It lists the steps. But my recent encounters with people who are sponsors stemming from unsanctioned meetings of Overeaters Anonymous are, here are the eight mandatory things that you have to do every day. People micro-policing my food. Um, making up opinions that they're saying are rules of Overeaters Anonymous, like you have to call three people every day and they have to be recovered and you have to spend at least five minutes on the phone with them. Hey, all these things are helpful tools. I'm not knocking them as tools. But when they're presented to a sponsee as non-negotiable mandatories and they're not in the literature, it's someone else's opinion. And that's a dangerous place to be because then people are moving from sponsorship into dictating and control. 
And, you know, thank God I have a little bit of recovery back today and I'm, the fog is starting to lift. And um, I'm just giving a warning to other newcomers out there, people who are suffering. If you're experiencing that kind of sponsorship, that's not recovery. That's someone who's still in the disease of Overeaters Anonymous. They're just acting out in a different way. But if someone's carrying the message and they have light in their eyes and they have hope and they're working with you through the steps as they're written in the big book, that's probably a recovered sponsor in OA. And it's really hard to see the difference when you're in that place of pain and vulnerability and you're looking for structure and you just want out. And so I'm just kind of raising the red flag of warning that um, for people who are sponsoring this way or who were sponsored this way and they think that's the only way you sponsor an AA, also nowhere in the big book is even the word sponsor. You know, Evie came to Bill and he spread the message, but it doesn't even mention the word sponsor anywhere in the big book. And so I'm not saying that we go through the program on our own without a guide or, or someone who has wisdom that's walked the path before us to the road of recovery. But what I am saying is, you know, if your intuition is telling you something's wrong, something's probably wrong. And um, these people were enough to almost send me away from oh. Overeaters Anonymous completely. And I'll just wrap up. And, and, you know, and that would be a real shame if I actually gave up hope after all these years of trying to recover. So anyway, um, thank you for letting me share and just know that the program is in the big book and nowhere else but the big book. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria L. from Muncie, Indiana. Okay, if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page 19, if we keep on the way we are going through that which has been so freely given us, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Barbara, Wisconsin. Okay, hold hold on a second. I heard Barbara E. And then who was the person at the same time as Barbara? Lisa N. from Wisconsin. Lisa N. is a Nancy? That's right. Okay, from Wisconsin. And then was it a Katie maybe? Amy. Amy G. Amy. Amy. Oh, I always mix Amy and Katie up. Okay, Amy G. <laughs> Thanks so much. And Patty Go ahead. Was it a patty? Yes. Okay. Who else? Julie P. Julie P. Terry J. Terry J. Okay. There might be time for one more. If you want to take a chance, you could give me your name. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Barbara E., Lisa N., Amy G., Patty, Julie P., and Terry J. Barbara E., your turn. Good morning, my fellows in recovery. I'm so grateful to be with you. I'm still thinking about that pendulum that was mentioned by the reader yesterday. That's what I need, balance in my life. I can't carpet the world, but I also have to remember that I have to pass the message on, but practice it in my home. And when I came into Overeaters Anonymous two decades ago, I had tried every single thing 
that you had probably tried in, and maybe a few things more. I won't go into the details, but I know that it was a God I didn't believe in that led me to OA in 1997 because that God I didn't believe in said she's suffered enough, she's wandered in the desert. Because when I came in, I had the disease of self-loathing. I didn't treat myself as a friend. There was a gravitational pull that always brought me back to the foods that were killing me. And no amount of money or talent could overcome my disease. My disease was a terrorist. It wanted me suffering or dead. I couldn't willpower myself to stop. The face of freedom is the God of my no, of our, my no understanding. But I know it's not my refrigerator, my sponsor, or even the group. But they're all there to support me. And I can't control anything. Surrender for me was the solution. And the holy grail is when I was placed placed in a position of food neutrality and accepted that my life was totally unmanageable and the illusion that I knew enough to do it on my own had to be smashed. I know today, in 2022, my higher power, whatever it is, has my back. It's not my servant. I can't give it orders, but I can ask humbly, for my higher power to let me get rid of some of my defects of characters. And I had to practice it in my home, not just with my sponsees. And I had to give up my brain binges with the help of my sponsor, as I said, the tools, the fellowship, and I became hopeful again. And even though I know my disease is permanent, progressive, and fatal, it's my choice. Do I want to live or do I want to die? And I once heard a rabbi say, where is God? And he responded, wherever you are. Perfect time to end. Wherever you are. Sometimes my God of no understanding says, no, not now. Maybe. And that's all right with me because this is a program of recovery. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Lisa N. Good morning. Can I be heard? <clears throat> yes. Good morning, Lisa. Okay. Thank you for your service this morning, moderator. Good morning, everyone. Um, boy, this was um, a really humbling paragraph for me because. It said, if we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result. Well, this last year, I had an experience with inching into relapse. You know, uh, sometimes we say we had a slip and we go, you know, a slip to me is like, whoop. But no, I inched selfishly into relapse. And I had to let sponsors go. And um, thank God, that always take something, I think, that is, uh, seems negative and makes positive out of it because those sponsors went on to find recovery and because that's the goodness of God. Um, but for me, um, you know, I give up that opportunity 
I never understood before the importance of listening and the importance of opening my heart and loving people. And um, this morning I read something about my responsibility when I'm with people is to listen and to love them. And I can't do that unless I'm working these steps. And I can't do that unless I'm really listening to people with an open heart. And um, I'm recovered now. I'm grateful for that. And I feel like I, I have the opportunity to help those people that were like me. You know, they're in a mirror of um, desperation or sadness or just they don't even know what they're doing in life. They're just walking dead. Um, that's what I was. I, I can help people by being available if I work the steps, if, if I do what I'm told by my sponsor. And I thought this morning, I've got to make sure, before I read, before I was on the meeting, I thought, I've got to make sure to tell my sponsee, who is like about second and third step right now, the goal is to help others and to do do that work at the end and to do it every day. So thanks, everybody, so much for being on the line. I love this meeting, and I get so much out of it. Um, have a good day. I pass. Thanks, Lisa M. from Wisconsin. Amy G., Good morning. Good morning, Team Tuesday. Thank you for your survey, uh, the service. Thank you, everyone, for a wonderful meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. For me, what stands out is overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. That that you know, I, I think we hear a lot in the rooms. You know, personality change sufficient to bring about you know bring about recovery. And I'm always thinking, well, of course, it's about the the miracle that a, that that occurs in recovery once we put the food down, or once I put the food down and I work the steps, where the food no longer calls to me. You know, I am food neutral, but there is another miracle. I mean, there's multiple miracles that happen in Overeaters Anonymous when we recover, but one of the other incredible miracles for me is that I, I not only build this relationship with a higher power whom I choose to call God, my personality through these steps actually changes to where I care. I actually care about others. I mean, I don't know about you all, but when, you know, when I'm wrapped in self-centeredness and self-will run riot and my selfish desires and my wants and my fantasies, all of that, when my mental obsession is, is active, you know, and it doesn't mean I don't feel in being selfish today. But when that stuff's going on, there's not any room for anybody else here, right? There's not any room for me thinking or caring about anyone else. You know that saying, 23 hours a day, I think about myself, and the other hour, I think about what you think about me, right? So personality change is so incredible and so miraculous for me is that I, I care with an emotion that breaks my heart when I see others suffering. And I want to reach out and give that hope that you all have been sharing. And, and I wish there was a way when I perceive someone that I think is suffering that I could just walk up to them and, and hug them and say, we have a way out. There is a way out to stop the suffering because I have been there, which is why we can be so effective in our service work. Of course I do service work because it keeps me sober and sane. 
And of course, it's because what I should do, but now I want to do it. And in wanting to do that, I change because I come to find out that in serving and helping and reaching out and caring for others, I find peace and contentment in my wildest that I never could have imagined. You know, if I'd had a genie in active addiction, it wouldn't have been to feel good about helping others. But guess what? I have a new, I live in a new axis now of trying to live a God-centered life instead of a self-centered life. And it amazes me that in by serving others, I find peace and contentment and purpose in my life. I'm so grateful. It goes beyond just not having the food call anymore. That in and of itself is a miracle. But there are so many others. Every single day, I am blessed to have this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. from Maryland. Patty? I didn't get your last initial. Hi. Hi, everybody. My name's Patty O. I live in Florida. And I'm pretty new to Vision. um, And I really love your program, so thank you. Um, There's a lot of things in this paragraph that we read that make me count my blessings. Um, It says the first thing that uh, it says the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. And I know for me, when I am able to put down the compulsive eating, I feel a lot of times like a gaping wound. Like, and so it just reminds me that food and Uh, compulsive eating was like a solution for me. And you take that solution away from me, and there I am with this huge problem. Um, It seems like I know, like, the 12 steps, the community and the meetings, and the God of my understanding will fill that gaping wound, will help me figure out what is that gaping wound from. And then offer me a solution, a a different solution than compulsive eating. And um, it said, and I really am moved by this, by hundreds are dropping into oblivion. And it seems to me if if we could gather all the people who are suffering from compulsive, there wouldn't be a stadium big enough to hold us. And yet I am... Truly, the grace of God in my life is that I have the opportunity that all them, many of them people don't even know exist. So um, I used to hear something along the lines of um, that I, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I am blessed to do this. And, and then that part about how then shall we present? Um, it it just reminds me that I have vast experience with the misery and suffering that comes from compulsive overeating, the shame and the degradation and the incomprehensible demoralization that comes when I am eating compulsively and how that all that horrible past can truly serve a noble purpose if I can help another sufferer. Um, so I really thank you all for the solution that you're offering me. 
I just have to be willing. And today I am so willing to take the direction um, offered by the big book and by those who have gone before me. Um, and um, the last thing I want to say okay. is um, there's this great, all right, there's this great quote that I've known for most of my life, and it says that a ship is very safe in the harbor, but that that's not what ships are for. And uh, so uh, thank you. Thank you, Patio from Florida, Julie P. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, good morning, Julie. Good morning, this is Julie P. Recovering in Minnesota. And I just really want to thank all of the um, fellows in this meeting. It wasn't until I found a vision for you that I heard people announce themselves as either recovering or recovered. I found this program the end of December, and I found a vision for you two days after Easter by a search and rescue from someone who attends this meeting. And I am so grateful. I really appreciate the comments about different OA meetings and how they operate. Um, I know that in order for me to be recovered, I have to find recovered people. And those people are in this meeting, and I am so eternally grateful. Um, my Sherpa is carrying me up the mountain, and it's pretty tough to hang out in step four where I'm at right now, but I know in order for me to get recovered, it's what I have to do, and that you folks are going to love me until I can love myself, and what a humbling experience, which is exactly where I need to be right now. And thank you. Have a blessed day, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Julie P. from Minnesota, Terry J. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan. Grateful recovering overeater. Today has been a phenomenal day on vision. Not that any other day is not. I'm just feeling more gratitude for where I'm at in this process. A couple of the shares, all the shares have been good. However, I experienced uh, some shares touched me where I'm at, and a couple of them did touch me exactly where I'm at and recognizing that um, sometimes I'm on the slippery slope and I have to work steps. I have to live in, live in steps one, two, and three every single day. I'm powerless over my disease, so I need a power greater than me to manage my disease. Because every time I say I'm not going to, my disease says, oh, yes, you are going to. And living in those three steps, number one, two, and three daily, I can pass up. I can become abstinent. I can remain abstinent. The problem is I want to take my will back. 
And as I was listening to the shares, and and before I get to the end of my time, I also want to say, not just living in those in one, two, and three. You know, the chunk of work comes in between one, two, and three, and uh, ten, eleven, and twelve, which are essential as I go through the 12 steps. And I've been through the steps before. I've got credits in another program, yada, yada, yada. You all that listen regularly know that. But they don't transfer. This one is something altogether different. This disease, which led me to the other things that I've done in my life to try to alleviate the disease, and it it worked for that. But I had to eventually come back to the original drug of choice, which is food, you know. And I was thinking, like, on one, two, and three, that, um, you know, there is a solution for real, for real. And I'm grateful for that. Um, When I was a child growing up in the city of Detroit, my grandfather used to take me to the J.L. Hudson's parade, Thanksgiving Day parade. And... I put my hand in his because I trusted him. He grabbed my hand because he didn't want to lose me in the crowd. And I looked at that like a metaphor of me putting my hand in God's hand today. And God is holding on to my hand. Now, I have to leave it there. I got to leave my hand in God's hand, the God of my understanding. And trust him that he's not going to lose me. Like I trusted my grandfather that he's not going to lose me. And and I'm just grateful this morning, grateful for all the shares. And and God is not going to lose me. I can ease my hand out of God because God, it has to be my will to give over to God's will. So I'm just grateful this morning, grateful for a vision for you, grateful for all the fellows because I get so much from you all. Thanks for allowing me to share today. Thank you, Terry J. from Michigan. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is... 19,244, that's 1-9-2-4-4. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Judith S.P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hi, this is Judith S.P. in Maryland. Thank you, Rebecca, and everybody for your marvelous, uh, inspiring shares today. Page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge that road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you for letting me serve.